0: Oh, hey, I'm glad you're here. If you're new to the podcast, I'm Dirk Marshall, and I was raised in my dad's video store. Welcome to season six of VHS, the podcast where each episode celebrates a film with a person who has the profession or experience portrayed in the film. Sometimes loosely, like the VHS cover of Deathstalker and its relationship to really anything you see in that film. But it's my hope that each episode is as awesome as Cyclone the bike that Jeffrey Combs invents in the movie Cyclone. Didn't see that one? Okay. Uh, As awesome as Frank Stallone in The Pink Chiquitas. No? Missed that one too? All right, well, uh, we'll just move on. Wait, as awesome as Charles Durning in Stand Alone. No? Who's awesome? Oh, uh, Kyle MacLachlan in The Hidden, right? Awesome. Okay, perfect, we're on the same page. Anyway, I really enjoy creating these episodes, reaching out to people and sharing their stories, so Thank you for listening, subscribing, and the reviews. It's all greatly appreciated. So let's start season six. The film is a Racerhead, the guest is a dad, and this is VHS. Hello and welcome to VHS, the podcast where each episode is about a film and the guest has the profession or experiences portrayed in the film. I'm your host, Dirk Marshall, and you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at VHUS underscore podcast and for bonus content as well as on our website, VH-US.com for trailers and original artwork. I'm joined in the studio by JL Watkins, who's a dad. Thank you for being here. Hey, thanks. It's my profession. <laughs> Yes. Well, I mean, you have another profession, but I just can't figure out a movie that would pair well with it. And I get these ideas like I did with the mom episode where it's like, I, I want to talk to these people as well. And uh, and this movie popped up in my head. So, yeah, we haven't
1: found the disgruntled video editor movie yet. So, that's... Yeah. No,
0: there's a couple editor films, I think. Uh... Not
1: disgruntled necessarily, just video. Editors. <laughs> yes. Guess I'm saying a little too much
0: uh i should ask at the top do you have a website or anything where people can find you or you're pretty off the grid or how is it you know working? what i used to have a blog
1: um but a uh, little lost robot but that's like my uh my twitter and my
0: instagram so you can yeah. find me there but okay little lost robot. i don't do i don't do much anymore yeah yeah well, with no free time i'd imagine exactly yeah <laughs> Uh, this idea began with Eraserhead being a film about becoming a parent, and I, I haven't seen it since I became one. Uh, when was the last time you saw Eraserhead? Yeah, I, well, you know what? It had to be pre I don't know, pre-parent. I, I did
1: revisit a little bit of it when Twin Peaks, The Return was on, because there's that mid-season episode that's very... Oh, yeah. And I wanted very Eraserhead, and I, you know, or very David Lynch, I guess, and I wanted to see if they lined up in any way but I didn't I didn't look at it too closely I watched a little more heavily this time when I did but yeah Eraserhead's not one of those movies where you're like I'm just gonna sit down and watch some Eraserhead
0: yeah you know it's true I saw it when I was 16 I saw it one time um it's not that I disliked it it's just not something that I returned to like I watched the um do you remember his Industrial Symphonies VHS I watched that thing all the time and it's Concrete and obtuse, but for some reason I found that something I enjoyed relaxing in. Well, that had, that had music, That's whereas head had had a few songs and the rest was yeah, just yes. that sound in the background. <laughs> uh, what do you remember? Because when I met you, I wasn't a huge David Lynch person. I'd watched his movies in my dad's video store, like Wild at Heart, I think Blue Velvet, um, Elephant Man. But I didn't really know him as like a director per se yet uh and then I met you and your love for Twin Peaks and uh, I was just curious what do you what was your intro to David Lynch it was the elephant man
1: okay I started thinking about this like we, we kind of br- brushed over this a little bit last time we had a podcast episode that I was yeah in. and I realized that Dune was obviously like the, the first one you know because I was you know in fourth grade, and it was Star Wars and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, no, it was the Elephant Man because I remember we had to watch that as a kid, and I, you know, I don't remember ninety percent of the movie from then, but I do remember him dying at the end, and there was this yeah. whole like whole thing when we were kids where there was all of these like movies like the Elephant Man were you know (laughs) the phantom of the opera disfigured Mm -hmm. person sort of mask and things like that anyway so i remember elephant man and then it was you know it was later on in high school and stuff where you know when twin peaks was out where i kind of went back and put all the pieces together blue velvet was in there somewhere
0: okay yeah and twin peaks and all of its accoutrement aside what would you say your favorite david lynch film is uh, well, it'd be Firewalk with me, but
1: <laughs> yeah, but outside of Twin Peaks, that's a good one. Um, Cause there's things I love about all of them. I love, yes. I, I like wild at heart because mm-hmm. it's just so crazy. You know, I really want to go back and watch lost highway again.
0: Yeah. It, for me, it, 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 David Lynch fits into that. Like, like I loved David Cronenberg. And so existence has a special place in my heart. Cause it's one of the first ones I saw in a theater. Uh, and um, I guess Crash. I don't I forget which one's first, but uh, Lost Highway, I think, was the f- like after other than Twin Peaks that I went to a theater and saw it. It was outside of the video store. I remember driving home in the in the night afterwards, and it feeling like you're still in the movie, um, and it felt like we were all going to die or something. And then, uh, and then Mulholland Drive. Those two. Know.
1: You know what's funny about um, Lost Highway? Well, by the way, to answer your question, um, I, I think Dune is my favorite outside of there Twin you go. Peaks cuz i just love dune so much even though it's a complete you know weird mess compared to the book oh, it's and all so that. so crazy. But i realize that's the one that i i watch all the time. Like mm-hmm. i don't sit down and watch a lot of david lynch movies over and over again cuz you got to be in the right mood and it has to be loud yeah. and whatever whereas like i can watch dune all the time. Yeah. Um yeah, you know what about lost highway that was wild? Is that was like the f- that's kind of when you, the soundtrack came out so much earlier than the movie yes and so it was like in a way that drove they're very smart about it. that drove people to the movie because you're like i gotta hear how this billy corgan song is gonna fit in or right. i can't wait to hear nine inch nails in this movie or well, no it's yeah. marilyn manson right yeah it was so, both okay so there was a lot of that just kind of and then like you know to see how it pieced together kind of like how my kids did that with the trolls movie many years ago where they listened to the soundtrack for three weeks before we even saw the movie right i know this song like uh yeah because it's from the soundtrack trolls
0: yeah it was um it was perfect timing then to have like a a soundtrack put together by trent reznor who was at like peak popularity at the time and then he recorded i think a perfect drug for that soundtrack Mm -hmm. so it was like an exclusive thing um i think billy corgan did like a synth song on there or something i I remember liking it yeah i remember liking it too uh i really liked that soundtrack and i remember brent johnson a mutual friend uh and i sat and talked about that movie for like hours into the night just like not trying to figure it out but like discussing the way we all love to talk about david lynch movies like oh and then this part and then this and what could it be well had the had like the, there's the creepy factor where
1: you're like oh this fits into this part of the david lynch world and then you know it had the driving
0: part like this yeah. fascination
1: with driving cars fast at night yeah
0: yeah uh did you did you get my text about a fall from grace
1: yeah you know what's funny is you did that and then i i immediately imd beat it but i didn't do it through david lynch i did it just through the title and it was like a tyler perry movie I was like, this is the movie you're all excited about. And like the reviews were like, this movie is horrible. And then I was like, wait, wait. So then I went
0: and navigated it to the way you said it. I'm like, oh yeah, this looks great. I think there's also one in the eighties, maybe early nineties. That's a Gary Oldman vehicle, I believe. But, um, but yeah, it's a movie that's directed by his daughter, Jennifer Lynch, and it stars David Lynch and, uh, oh God, who are the two other guys? The guy that was in ghost dog. Yeah. Uh, Forrest Whitaker um in Trent Reznor and, Reznor the, is the soundtrack, and the soundtrack yeah. is Trent Reznor. it's it's so well i don't know what this thing is but it supposedly comes out this year um but i'm excited about that nice. uh, at the time of this recording you could rent a racerhead from your local video stores like movie madness here in portland oregon you can stream it on hbo max and the criterion channel apparently it's also on amazon but I recommend the Criterion Channel or the beautiful Criterion Blu-ray, which is what you loaned me, and it was fantastic. Yeah, see, yeah, we have the superior viewing experience for this. Yeah, over yes. your bullshit
1: <laughs> Amazon
0: or whatever. That's right. <laughs> yes, uh, the synopsis is Henry Spencer tries to survive his industrial environment, his angry girlfriend, and the unbearable screams of his new newly born mutant child. That's the synopsis that they have for it, which.
1: It's weird mm. that somebody wrote that, because I don't feel like that synopsis was written like when the movie came out. It would have been more like a surrealistic meditation or whatever. You know, it wouldn't have described it.
0: This one's very literal. Yes, yeah. it is. It's super literal. Uh, we'll put the film in context. The director is David Lynch. Uh, if you're listening to this, I'm guessing you know who David Lynch is. Uh, but if you don't, Elephant Man, Twin Peaks, Blue Velvet, Lost Highway, Mulholland Drive, Straight Story. That's the Lawnmower Man one, right? Yeah. Right. Inland Empire. Um, Oh, Inland Empire, of course. Um, and there's, there's a lot of others. I really love David Lynch, not just as a director, but as an actor. I think he's always super interesting. And I lost my mind in the movie Lucky, uh, where he stars opposite Harry Dean Stanton and Harry Dean Stanton's last role. Mm. They were good buddies. And it's about a man facing the end of his life. And Harry Dean Stanton did unfortunately pass very close to that. And i uh, i weeped like a baby numerous times in that film and then also had so much joy seeing david lynch talk about a tortoise in the desert and (laughs) it's uh it's fantastic so i highly recommend that film and it's just fun to talk in fake david lynch voice i mean he just has such a distinct voice like when he says portland oregon right uh, you, you know it's just like he just has this I had phrasing. such a great
1: time, you see. Uh, in, I had a great time drinking the soda pop that you gave me the other
0: day. And you're like, yes. Uh, okay. It is like all day, every day. You know, you could just do that. Slippers are the most dangerous sounding shoe. You know, it's just like whatever you want to say is fun. <laughs> in David Lynch voice. Our actors, we have Jack Nance, who was in Eraserhead, Dune, Johnny Dangerously. He's the dad in the Suicidal Tendencies Institutionalized video opposite mary wernoff uh he's in barfly the blob and pops up in lost highway which i completely had forgotten i don't know who he is in it but he's credited there well i'm gonna rewatch it soon so I'll... yeah same uh the actors we got charlotte stewart who plays mary x a ton of 70s tv Eraserhead, tremors uh she's betty briggs and twin peaks and slums of beverly hills which hmm. is pretty awesome uh mary's dad is played by alan joseph this guy was in some serious stuff. He was in Raging Bull, Marathon Man, Eyes of Laura Mars, to name three. Where did it start with him, though? Uh, TV. Okay. Yeah. And then we have Genie Bates. I don't know if it's Genie Bates or Gene Bates. Uh, veteran TV actor. Eraserhead, Wild Orchid 2, with Two Shades of Blue, <laughs> which I had the promo tape for, and Mulholland Drive. So there you go. So let's press play on Eraserhead we begin with a drone (laughs) there's a lot of droning and then we see jack nance sort of sideways floating around an egg planet sphere thing and then the drone builds as we get closer and zoom in on a hole in some metal which we push through which is you know now having seen so much lynch my god he loves to put a camera through a hole it's just <laughs> really something he loves to a do noisy noisy hole yes <laughs> i want to put the camera through the noisy hole a uh, person with odd skin is at a window and then jack is back and so is a giant sperm I that's what i think i mean they're worms there's what are they they were called i remember reading once they were called spermaoids or something Sperm. Like okay i've seen that film too <laughs> uh the window person pulls a lever and the giant sperm flies away and lands in a puddle and we push out of the hole and see jack i'm guessing this is reality that we're in now and he sets off walking through some buildings the the cut of his pants is almost comical like it's like his pants are too short to show off these white socks and then his even his um gate as he walks up these little rock hills and down these hills it's almost Charlie Chaplin-esque there, well, there was a moment where it felt like yeah
1: you know like there was a weird little step he did and I guess they shot a lot of him walking around and
0: doing stuff and didn't use it but his well clothes were from goodwill he just like they picked him out <laughs> you know that was his outfit well and it was seven years right this film took seven years to make something like that 70 to 77 Five. I think yeah uh the drone continues and it's weird that i didn't love this film so much because at 16 i was making tapes and tapes of just drone noise and my my favorite thing to do was to drive to, to go to portland go to ozone records and mm. shop the experimental music section and look for like a cassette in a wooden box full of bee wings or something and i was like i must buy this yeah, it's like Negative Land or something, where it's just yeah. a bunch of weird found audio
1: and things like that, yeah.
0: I was obsessed with it to the point where I eventually got on a noise compilation that was a cassette that came wrapped in wire and dental molds. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, well, this is the apex. I mean, I'm not going to get better than this. You know, the thing about
1: Eraserhead that is, when you're watching the film, it is, it was, you know, before it's easy to imitate like you and i could go out and recreate our own bizarre but it would just be so hollow yep. and so such an imitation of it's it's such an original film even though when you watch it you're sort of like oh it's the guy you know just doing this or just doing that i mean it obviously picks up and stuff but it's so easy to imitate but really not it's visionary in a way that um, especially like the more you kind of dig into the production and you know, just how meticulous and how much they spent, you know, six or seven hours preparing for a shoot that night. And then they shot their hour of the camera going through the hole and then it's over. Yes. You know, yeah. So.
0: Well, and I'm glad you said that because I missed it on my notes here. I have down that the cinematographers, there's two. There's Herbert Cardwell, who did the Amputee short, which is, I think, also on the Criterion release of this film. And then Frederick Elms, uh, who did a River's Edge Blue Velvet. A segment of aria which is a crazy short film collection uh, moonwalker the michael jackson movie what? wild at heart patterson and the dead don't die so now he's like a Jarmouche guy so that's pretty interesting but they're you know responsible for the cinematography and then the editor is one of the things that i think really makes this film work it's david lynch so he did all the editing i think he's a fantastic editor um he mostly just did shorts and in inland empire after this as editing
1: Yeah, it's funny being an editor
0: um, (laughs) and
1: watching this because and I think it's also, you know, from a different time, because even David Lynch watching The Return, there was a scene where in Twin Peaks were like it was a guy waxing a floor way longer than you needed to see it. And so as an editor, it's funny, I was editing a video two days ago, it was like for a family like cooking video or something, but like I don't even have like, you know, so you would take the glass and you would pour it into the the water into the blender for example i would just do half of a pour and that's all you need to see you have the visual cue to see just enough whereas david lynch would have somebody pour it getting the cup out yeah. looking at the cup turning on the faucet staring at it filling it pouring some out it just go would go on forever and like whereas like or even just going through a door this movie is so many people coming in and out of doors Well, you yes. can just have them walk into the room. You don't need them going through the door, but it, it sets it sets up. a You know, I think this movie needs it just in a sense because it's like going in and out of these different states. But it's just the entire process of just going in front of the door, standing at the door. Yeah, opening, it's just it's uh it's cool, but also maddening sometimes, especially <laughs> with everything so fast now.
0: Right. Well, I guess it makes sense since the script was twenty pages, and so <laughs> he's just like, "We're gonna have a lot of it's door It's gonna be action. a lot
1: longer than that. I can <laughs> tell you now. We know
0: why. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yes. Um, where were we? Uh, um, sperm.
1: Yes, uh, Jack.
0: And he, yeah. This part I thought was fascinating because I would have never caught this when i was 16 but uh jack takes an elevator and the floor of the lobby is yeah. the same pattern as the twin peaks the red room
1: yeah it's it's wild because then you start well there's so many weird elements that carry through all of his all this stuff and it's like that's kind of why i wanted to revisit it it's like yeah yeah so like that's like a hint is like like go if you go back and know that from twin peaks like are is this all purgatory or right. there's a lot of weird piles of dirt where he lives and like with it just so a, like a stick sticking out of it which later yeah. on like when they were replaced yeah know, the, the the man in the red <laughs> suit or whatever you know the man from another place in Twin Peaks yeah. it was like it was a stick with a brain on it so there's a lot of like just kind of tying this stuff together it's crazy
0: yeah I watched this with my wife who shares a love for Twin Peaks like you and uh she did not like this film the first time she watched it and then upon re-watching it she was like it it's not for me But I love that you can see so much Lynch in it that you had yet to see. You know, it's like an exciting spark in the beginning of a career that we, you know, adore. Absolutely. Yeah. Well,
1: it just goes to show you that he never really strayed from who
0: he is and what his vision is. Right. And that's so crazy to get to, you know, play with the big tools for something like Dune and everything. But then also like continue to be yourself, you know, where some directors, they get those those big swings and you're like, oh, the movie was successful, but it's not like any of your films. Yeah, you
1: know? no, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, actually, you know, like Wes Anderson's a great example of somebody that really sticks to what his thing is. Same with David Lynch. Whereas um, I was doing that Atta McGowan film festival because it was all- yes. And I forgot, I already forgot the name of it. It's the Ryan Reynolds one from like just a couple of years ago. So vastly different from all of his other movies. And it felt so mm-hmm. commercial. Yeah. That it was almost off putting. Like, this isn't one of your movies. This is so- Yeah, yeah. A
0: girl named Mary called on the payphone and said she's at her parents' and you're invited to dinner. Oh, yeah. We find out from a neighbor that Mary called and he's invited to the parents' for dinner. He goes into the apartment and there's an ambient sound of almost like insect hums. But then I think maybe that was the radiator initially. There's so many different white noises to each environment that we get put into. And he puts a record on and then Jack takes off his wet sock and puts it on the radiator and it's like steaming there, which is gross. Um, He opens a drawer and there's a bowl of water in the drawer, which I was like, what? what's happening and then he has a picture that's torn into that he puts back together which i love this in movies i love images within things that then you can like speculate on or come up with why that's there my favorite movie the reflecting skin does this with three images and i've spent so long so much of my life just like no because this image means this and then this
1: well it's because they're not the same person too it's like isn't the bottom and the top half they don't they he like found two I, pictures that match to make a person and so yeah i like, think so it's really yeah i mean there's a lot going on it's so dark in some ways that you're like am i yeah. looking at dirt oh i am looking yeah. at dirt that's bizarre yeah, yeah
0: well and if you are taking two pieces to make one person there's your first inkling maybe (laughs) aside from the spermoids that we're going to be talking about parenthood this whole this whole movie has a very and this has this isn't a lot of
1: david lynch stuff very fatalistic these people life is just happening to them yeah and they are just sort of accepting it not everyone's accepting it the same but it's like There's this weird like loud industrial noises that people are like, well, this is my life and I live in it, you know, and sort of like things are happening to people and they they have no agency other than Mm -hmm. to just walk through this world in a dreamlike state. And so I think a lot of this fatalism is like definitely plays into like themes of parenthood in this movie. But it's Mm -hmm. it's very weird how it's just there's just so much of just like. You're, you're not in control of your life. There's a man pulling levers in the planet or, you know, weird things like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: It, there is something strange, though, about that. Like, you're you're right that there's things happening to people, um, but that can be very cold. There are some film directors where you feel like, oh, you don't know what it's like to be a human. Like, your movies <laughs> just feel like they're robots. Whereas with David Lynch, we're genuinely drawn to these characters that he creates. Even when terrible things are happening to them in Blue Velvet or something, it's like they're somehow fleshed out enough to be full characters. It's interesting. Then we get more walking, he arrives for dinner, and it's time to meet Mom. Hello there. Hello. Uh, there's the sound of a bunch of puppies feeding from a dog in the background of this scene. It's funny because
1: you hear it before you see it. You're like, what yeah. is that? This is what I thought you were, you were leading up to. Such ridiculous noise. And then you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Everything in the meeting, the parents is
0: so weird. I love it. Yes. And so here, here's a weird thing. I've only seen this once before, a long time ago. And I know almost all the dialogue in the film. So I I don't know if we all said it to each other or what's been happening all these years. But everything about the speech that we're about to get to, I was like, I know this. Like, yeah. I know it. It's freaky. Mary tells me you're a very nice fellow. What do you do? Oh, I'm on vacation. What did you do? Uh, in this conversation, oh, Mary sorry. has a fit, and the mom brushes her hair, which is oh, very odd. And then the dad enters, and we get the line, we got chicken tonight. And then he has the beautiful speech about how they're new.
1: I thought I heard a stranger. We've got chicken tonight. Strangest damn things. They're man made. Little damn things. Smaller than my fist. But they're new.
0: The mom pushes him into the kitchen where grandma's having a staring contest with a frying pan. It's very strange. This and then, the, it's another person. She just like life is just
1: happening to this old lady. Yes. And and it's and just kind of like He has a lot of old people just kind of like there, but it's very respectful to them. They're like, you know, just, you know, they, like matter of fact, this lady helped make dinner. You know, they put a salad yes. on her lap and then used her <laughs> hands to stir the
0: salad. So it's like, grandma's still part of the family. It's kind of nice. Yes, it's so interesting. Uh, they give Henry the tiny chicken to carve, and the dead chicken moves and then squirts stuff out all over. It's really gross. Yeah, uh. let's pause here just to listen to that for a second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> the mom has some kind of fit and she screams and i was 16 watching this and i jumped up because this scream is sampled in front 242's tyranny for you and i love that album and when i heard it it's a very unique scream and i lost my mind because when you would watch films and like artists that you like sampled them it's like it's like. A shorthand to you like we like the same thing and i was like oh my gosh front two for two likes david lynch and they really like yeah. Eraserhead head because they sampled this and i was like this is amazing so check out uh rhythm of time if you <laughs> have a chance uh the dad just stares at henry when they leave the room and then mom comes back to the table and she wants to talk to henry this is an abrupt turn uh she says the baby is at the hospital and it's yours and she starts kissing his neck
1: yeah What's weird is like, did you have sexual intercourse with my daughter?
0: Right. She just keeps saying he's, it. Henry, I asked you if you and Mary had sexual intercourse. Well, I don't. I, I don't think that's any of your business. Henry, I'm sorry.
1: What's weird about this too is, and this is like, you know, life's just happening to this guy at this point. You know, he's like, well, because the. Right after this, they have a baby. Like, there's no going to the hospital and picking it out and any of that stuff. It's sort of like, okay. Yeah. It's very, very abrupt. It's a... it's Oh, man. Well, and he does say, like, briefly that the time... Well, this doesn't really line up time-wise. You know, he starts to say... And so it's sort of like this, like, this dreamy
0: space sperm impregnated her from his mind. And it's... Right. well and they do say that she's a preemie shows she's born premature and um i believe i could be wrong but i believe jennifer was born with some sort of health condition in the beginning i feel like she it was there was some kind of of difficulty there I, i remember reading it i don't know maybe that's not true but uh were kids always a plan for the two of you or like was this a conversation prior to getting married that you and your life you were like we're going to have kids yeah yeah it was pretty
1: normal just talking about it it went from like um i think the only thing it changed was from having kids to adopting kids mm-hmm. um but you know there was always like oh that'd be a cute name and little things like that and uh and eventually yeah. we got to the point where like i think
0: time is right now you know
1: yeah cuz you're yeah.
0: Everyone we knew had kids so long ago that we were never even in that mindset. And I feel like you really are in two different mindsets. There's pre-kid and then there's post-kid. And you don't understand post-kid until you're post-kid. And then you uh, two have your daughter and um, we got to meet her and we're like, whoa, okay, that's pretty cool. Like being a parent, um, they seem to be making it awesome and not seem like it's terrible. And then you, you know, you have your own kid and you're like, oh, there's, just pretending—they're putting on a face for us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the family photos where everyone's smiling. You don't see <laughs> yeah, the thirty yeah. reject photos. Exactly. Or... or the fight that happened in the car prior to the farmer's market, or whatever. A photo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All that stuff. Um, there is kind of a procedural aspect to growing up, and. I'll take it off of you and put it on us because when my wife and i got married we were like well do we get a house do we buy houses is that what adults do do we have babies like we didn't know what order things would go in we knew we kind of wanted to do those normal life development stages but we went house first and then we didn't think we were going to have a kid and then we almost like in the eraser sense racer heads and so we're like oh we're going to be parents hmm. um but yeah did you uh, with with you and your significant other, is the conversations just more like time to get a house? Because you've relocated so many times.
1: Yeah, so when we moved, um, we moved a couple times. We were both in news, and so, you know, it was a lot of moving to you kind of getting to the bigger. Because in, in TV news, you jump to bigger markets. It's kind of mm-hmm. how you move up, or you stay somewhere for a long time and move up there. So we Can hopped. you say what you mean by markets? Oh, yeah, so, like, we live in Portland, you and I, which I don't know all the the dma sizes anymore they're different but like at the time portland was market 22 whereas like new york is one la is two, okay. chicago is four um and so we went from a 22 to a 35 and then when we were that was like in greenville spartanburg south carolina and then we moved to houston which is 10 You know it's we bounced around number wise kind of doing that and so that's kind of why we moved but when we we lived in apartments we would be you know pre-kid that's great we we lived in like a old mill that was a fancy loft and then we lived in houston in an apartment and then you know with eliza and it was like oh we've got to get a house just because you know she likes to bounce (laughs) a ball or run around and people are you know it's just too small we needed a yard we needed whatever so we got a house after that and uh and then you know after a while you're like you know you want to build wealth or whatever you know so the house makes sense yeah oh for sure for sure and you have two kids yeah yes i have a 13 year old this week and uh, yeah and a seven year old about to be eight next week so yeah whoa their birthdays are that close together yeah they're like it's and my wife's the week before so it's like her birthday and thanksgiving usually sometimes the same day sometimes the same week then my daughter and my son then christmas then new year's they're all evenly pretty much spread out
0: Whoa. All right. Well, yeah. that's, you got to save up all year just for the I mean, run of yeah, gifts. Yes.
1: Well, it's <laughs> annoying because they're like, oh, do we save this for this
0: or for that? Or... Oh, right. Close to the holidays. Now, suddenly in their home, the baby's there. Uh, and I as I said, there is a before a baby and after a baby. And there's no way for someone to understand what it's like when you have a baby. How was that first transition with the first kid for you?
1: Um, you know, we you try to prepare. And, you know, we we went to some classes and stuff. But it really does. And this movie is funny. It's funny you say that. Because, like, they have the kid in this movie. And then right away, it's like, their kid's screaming and the, the wife can't sleep. And you're yeah. like, oh, well, that is exactly what it is. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's fine and you can't sleep. I mean, um, so, yeah. No, it was pretty fast. For us, it was we adopted, right? And so yeah. we decided in February, like, all right, we went to, like, this adoption expo and went to booths and whatever, and we ended up going and talking to an agent that... um Which they don't have the
0: babies at the booths. That's not how it works.
1: No. No. <laughs> like, in films, you know, where you, like, they, you pull up the orphanage and they're all in the window. I'm sure that actually, yeah, there's some of that happening somewhere. But, uh, like, yeah. no, no, no. Um, so we went to this expo thing and kind of, like, learned the process and all the different types of adoption. And we kind of went with this, this agency that we already kind of knew we were going with but it kind of confirmed Mm. everything and we got our you get your home study where they come in your house and examine and check out and all that and then um so that was february so in march we had our home study and then you know when you have to get everything together and build a little book about yourself and all this stuff and i i want to say like in april we were set up and then in May, we had Eliza. So it was very fast. Wow. It that was really fast. It was fast because we didn't put down, like, race or gender wasn't the thing. So it was, like, sure. you know, some people are like, I only want a kid that looks like my husband or whatever. So right. it's very specific, you know. Or where we were, like, much more open. So it was, like, and there was such a need at living in, you know, the South for people mm-hmm. to adopt African-American children. So it went very it went very fast. And we're, like, okay, we're parents now. Like, uh, it's happening it is crazy. Yeah.
0: yeah, that was that's life happening to you.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: but like what you have the baby in the home, like the first moments, or even dr- driving in so the we, car. Yeah,
1: so we went and we were like, "Oh, my God, we're gonna go get it," and, we, and so we had photos, you know. And she was, um, we adopted her at four months four and a half months. And so we had photos and kind of so whatever. Little. And so when we were, and basically we were going to pull up to the place where she's being cared for. And, um, you know, just the whole way, you know, my wife is going through you know, emotions like what if this and what if that, but it was all, oh, and then gosh. we got, and then we pulled up and the whole plan was to go to the door and meet them. And they take us in and present us with this child. But we pulled up and the woman was outside with her already. Cause they were on a walk and, my wife like didn't even wait for me to put the car in park before she was <laughs> jumping out of it. I didn't have time to get my video camera ready, you know, which is the thing I like doing. So, um, yeah. but it was all it was all so fast. And then you know, next thing you know, like, hey, this is you know, the woman's like, "Hi there, new parents. This is how you feed her. This is how you change her. This is how I do it. This is how you should do it." And then, um, all right, see you later. And we just left.
0: Wow, with this baby
1: after like sitting there for an hour, you know, we went and then we went to Sonic. And I'm like, this is really weird. We have a baby right now. <laughs> like I you know, we just figured out how to install a car seat yesterday, and we have baby right. this baby with us. And then, you know, we went to the lawyer and then went to the hotel and was just like, we're parents now. We have
0: a baby in a hotel room. That's amazing. That's a transition
1: yeah it was weird and we, i we, I kept running over to a target across the street we couldn't leave right away because there's like it was across state lines so you have to stay until like this mm. so we had to stay for like a day or two so we stayed at this hotel and i remember running over and going back and forth to target to buy different nipples for bottles of course i didn't, didn't know silicone versus stuff. rubber first i yeah and i you know went to arby's and bought like everything on the menu because i didn't know what we wanted to eat it was just crazy right
0: yeah yeah, I remember shopping for diapers for the first time and just being like, "Wait, which kind? Like, what? Because there's like a billion different types, and there's flushable ones, and there's ones that have different things they're made of, and like, you know, stuff, fragrances, and stuff. I was just like, "What is? I don't understand this world." That like, yeah, well, and that's funny because it's like at least you have some
1: participation in it, whereas in this movie, not to get us yes. back to it, they're just like, "This is a baby. It is gross, and this is your life now."
0: right where i mean i can't i mean i'll speak for myself when i first saw my child i was like this she's you know great this she's beautiful this is the name that we talked about we had like five names and then we were like this is the name Um, when we first see this child it is hideous looking
1: yeah i mean it's like a bird I, i guess people said it was like a skinless rabbit head Oh, is something? it? It's, it's a
0: really impressive puppet.
1: It's something. It's gross. It makes, yeah. It's like a dead chicken kind of thing. It's yeah. Kind of yeah.
0: And so it makes me feel like when he first sees his child, it's a hideous, disgusting creature. Like, it doesn't look like him. You know, it's like...
1: And this is a really weird thing about this movie because... And it's like a weird meditation on fatherhood for some parents that it's sort of like... We're of this generation. I feel like we're fathers more involved than like mm-hmm. the generations before us and stuff like that. And so, whereas like a, a guy could have a kid and then just like move a, move away and start another family or just weird stuff like that, or like I don't want to be a dad and just isn't <laughs> like um, the fifties, <laughs> right? And so this movie has a very weird. I you know like. He just has to take their word for it that he has a baby now, even though the math doesn't add up. And this baby is now his and this is his whatever. And so it is a weird because a woman obviously knows the I am the mother. I gave birth to it. Whereas the father is like, am I the father? This this thing I'm told this is my child. It's all very like. I mean, in this movie is a lot more taking it on faith, obviously, but it's it's definitely a weird sort of mindset for, I think, some fathers, sort of like that
0: this is a thing happening to them. Mm hmm. no that's a really good point uh we see the mom sitting there and i mean mary and then henry comes in and smiles at them both sort of an awkward smile and then lays down on the bed facing his radiator and we he stares into it and we start to see a stage only it vanishes vanishes due to the child's noise not exactly like subtle really it's just the, the baby screaming um you know time does something uh it's 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 taken henry's ability to daydream because now there's this interruption this this baby uh how do you balance your personal interests your job your kids your wife's interests her her traveling no it's not it's a travel website yeah how do you how do you balance all those things it's hard now you know what's funny
1: too is like yeah it's another one of these things where it's like people you know it's kids aren't seen as it's how do I get into this without me sounding terrible? No, you know, it's funny. Like when people (laughs) have children, they're being a parent, I think is there's a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. And in, in a lot of ways, it's taking your dreams or your ideas and things you wanted to do and putting them on a shelf either for a while or you change them. And I think after a while, naturally, you 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 want for your child you want to en- enable their dreams and things and that becomes your thing and so i think as a successful parent i think it's managing a lot of your child's you know enabling them and setting them up
0: uh, mm-hmm. but then also
1: finding a way to like revitalize and stay like that you know and so um it's definitely a struggle like you know it's there's definitely you know i would shoot all kinds of weird movies and things But now it's just there's just not enough time. And I really want to invest time being with my kids or doing stuff they want. And, um, you know, and I think, the the, you know, realizing, too, that your children are their own people Mm -hmm. and the things they like. And uh, it's funny because I have like, well, you know, a family member of mine that, you know, is very like, you're going to be into this and you're going to (laughs) like baseball and whatever. Right. um, (laughs) Um, so there's a little bit of that kind of sort of, I mean, I'm, and maybe that's a little extreme, but it's like, this is what a man is. And this is what, you know, whereas like another, I have a friend who is like the opposite of, of that, where it's very like, I'm a geek and I'm into these things. And my child's going to be a geek just like me. And, you know, I I don't understand why he wants to watch baseball because we're into Star Wars in this family. And, you know, that's what we're into or,
0: you know, it's very weird yeah i i agree um i just did that introduced... make sense any of that yeah i don't know i kind oh, of just yeah. like
1: went off on it
0: no yeah it's it's it is it's it's the difficulty of balancing everything but you also touched on like the joy of seeing your kids interested in things and so kind of being a parent for me is like what do you think of this shiny thing and then she, if my daughter's not into it i'm like okay so like yesterday i brought up this demo of a video game It's about a fox i think it's called lucky the fox i don't know Mm. it's a platformer because i was like maybe she'll like platformers i don't know and so she played the demo and she's like dad will you buy that game and so we had fun playing it together, and I enjoyed teaching her um, what the first level of a video game is and what the, that they're teaching you how to do all the different buttons and controls. And as she got better at it, she got really excited. So then today we played the full version of the game, and I was like, I'm playing video games with my daughter like JL does with his kids. Oh, and I yeah. was like, this is awesome.
1: It's weird to me, though, that there will be a few years from now. I mean, we've already done it with my daughter. She's like grabs a right. light machine gun and holds down a door for us. <laughs> yes. <in Rainbow> Six, <laughs> It's so crazy. It's weird too, to see that the avatar is like, that's my daughter m- mowing down. Yeah. And you know, and then also be as a parent, like, Oh, hey, uh, you shouldn't be in the doorway. That's not a safe place to be. Please
0: come back into the she, room. She like charged a room with a shotgun. Just, we were just like all hiding in a room. She's yeah. just out of the room, just blowing people away. I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. And it's so funny to think that, you know, my
1: son Griffin in a couple of years, will be playing. He'll be playing games with us.
0: Yeah. It'll be weird, because like he already is asking to play
1: Borderlands with us. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which is awesome. I loved. Uh, I love sometimes when we're playing at night, uh, and he'll come in, and he'll be talking to you, and I can hear him on the headset, and he'll be, like, instructing you on armor and weaponry and things, <laughs> and <laughs> he's got great opinions on stuff. Yeah. That's so funny. Well, later, while Mary's in bed... He removes the thing from a box and puts it in a cabinet. I guess it's a worm of some sort, or it's one of the sperm I don't know what he's doing. They're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. The baby keeps making sounds. They can't find rest, which is a very real struggle well, for parenting. In
1: this movie, though, like, these sperm thing Like, it starts off with him, like, in some dreamland, and this sperm thing's coming out of his brain and whatever. And then, like, throughout the movie, these things are around... And at one point, it's very literal where, like, we're not there yet, but the yeah. woman in the radiator is, like, stomping on them. Essentially, yes. she's like, I'm crushing your dreams.
0: Yeah. You are a parent.
1: All your dreams have been crushed now.
0: Yeah, it's it's very strange. I know that I keep saying that. Uh, we keep saying things are weird and we're talking about a racer head, so that's par for the course, I yeah. guess. Uh, next, he reaches for Mary and she, like, shrugs him away um then Mary screams in the baby's face to shut up Shut up And uh it's you know I'm like okay I get it I I understand you had a child your wife needed some space and um yeah kids are very loud you know sometimes you just need a break and sometimes we need a break so now we'll take a word from our sponsor Are you tired of boring food and condiments made of processed ingredients? Then you need Marshall's Haute Sauce. Each small batch is made by Sarah Marshall, who sources from local farmers. Her dedication to knowing the sources carries on through right down to knowing the single origin beekeeper and even the harvester of the sea salt. Each sauce is plant-based, gluten-free, and packed with deliciousness. Annual offerings from mild to spicy being smoked habanero barbecue, red chili lime, serrano ginger lemongrass, and habanero carrot curry not to mention a rotating offering of limited edition sauces like Whiskey Smoked Ghost, Caramelized Scorpion Ghost, Volcano Sparkle, and even a collaboration with the heatonist eye charred Chive Dulce. There's always something new and delicious. Just head on over to marshalshotsauce.com. That's h a u t e s a u c e dot com. When checking out, enter VHUS in promo code for 20% off. That's VHS at checkout for 20% off. And now, back to the show. we're back and the baby's still screaming unfortunately and she though mary decides that the only thing she can do is get out of dodge so she grabs her suitcase after a very long struggle which is like you were saying earlier something just keeps on going she's tugging on this suitcase for longer than probably the longest monologue in the film
1: well there's also she's at the end of the bed
0: and, yes, he's like Bob. and he's laying
1: there and it's like creepy like
0: e-er, 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 e-er. it's like she then uh oh then the baby is silent when she leaves which is interesting that it's like the baby was screaming and then she leaves and the baby's just quiet um
1: it's quiet stirring. whenever he goes over yeah sort of like it's funny too because I've been watching this a lot I, you know I rewatched it amidst all these Mandalorian episodes so there is a moment yeah. where you're like oh this is like his baby Yoda oh and then are like very quickly it is not yeah
0: yeah I'd like to see a reboot of this with the uh, the Baby Yoda puppet as the baby and oh. Bill Murray as Jack Nance.
1: Oh, nice! Even yeah. just replacing it with Baby Yoda would be a pretty cool. The movie would be so different.
0: Yes, <laughs> it's, it's true. You'd just be
1: like, "This." I don't know, see what the problem is. This
0: is. Wonderful. I don't know. It's really cute. Yeah. Uh, Henry takes the baby's temperature, and then suddenly it's covered in sores and gasping for air. I love it. Yeah. It's sort of
1: it... like. I don't know. It's like everything is like accelerated, like in
0: Mm -hmm. parenthood
1: in this movie, but you're sort of like, oh my God, you know, it's like this kid's sick. What do I do? I don't know. You know, it's just
0: great, but it's so, it's so awesome how it's like, you know, just a flick of a switch and it's like, yeah, instantaneous, which, you know, as a parent, I mean, kids get sick out of nowhere. Not right now because they're not allowed to be around anybody (laughs) or any germs, but normally in school kids just pass around a cold. It's disgusting. It lasts all year long and it's terrifying when your kid gets a fever and it's up to like 102 or something and you see them like, you know, our kids are fairly energetic, I think. And when you see them like laying on a couch, you know, impaired by an illness, it's a helpless feeling when you're like i guess could, do i give him more juice what do i do you know a twin pop yeah right <laughs> no in this one too, you know it's also just kind of like or just even throwing up and you know, my kid will just be fine and it's like, Bleh. You're like yeah. okay
1: this is happening now
0: yeah exactly oh that's a great point so what he does is he puts a humidifier next to it yeah just throw like,
1: everything you can at yeah it. anything
0: <laughs> you can you're like is this help i don't know another blanket another pillow it's uh i don't know Henry goes to leave, and the baby screams anytime he goes to the door. Which must have drove Lynch nuts, because he's like, I just want more people going through doors. Come on, this this is a door (laughs) unexplored. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Henry can't dream into the radiator anymore. He can't go on his walks. and He can't even really exist with this thing shackled to him. It's uh, such a subtle, subtle parenting right. metaphor. <laughs> it's so dark. It just watches every move of his when he's laying in bed too, which is like, yeah, it's, you know, as a parent, you have moments. Like you told me a story where you'd wake up and your daughter would just be standing next to the bed and you're just like, <gasps> she still does. It's the It's frightening. It's but, terrifying, but it's, right? it's more
1: terrifying when she's at your pillow level, though.
0: Right. Because like, now it's more like, level. you know,
1: yeah, where you're, like, ah! You know, because also she blends in
0: with the darkness, so you just kind of see her eyes. Right. Like,
1: ah! Why? Why?
0: Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. I, a friend recently, uh, I posted a, a thing, a screenshot of my phone where my daughter had taken about 200 fi- pictures of her face. That's funny. Because uh, the tooth came out. And I just said, you know, this is what parents find on their phones and he said that they found pictures of them sleeping because their four-year-old son was taking pictures of them <laughs> that's terrifying <yeah. laughs> and to find that on his phone he was like it was like nightmare <laughs> fuel. just <laughs> awful just absolutely yes <laughs> oh but they do they're they're always watching i can't uh go downstairs in our house without my daughter thinking i'm opening christmas presents or something she just like jets after me like what are you doing I'm like, yeah where's? so do you hide all your stuff downstairs i guess at your house yeah in the podcast studio actually is where i put the christmas presents and stuff but i i don't have any right now but she just thinks that i'm like i have a secret stack of lol dolls down here that i'm just like oh yeah right a door closes and we see footlights on a stage turn on and we meet the lady in the radiator the weird worm thing drops to the floor, and then another, and she begins stomping on them, like you talked about earlier. Uh, I I couldn't decide if this was like him and his his daydream that he loves to envision, and then she's destroying the sperms. Like it's like now we're on like almost like a undo the birth abortion vibe. No, it vibe. Feels I like just...
1: she's crushing his dreams is what okay. I kind of felt like, okay. and she doesn't. It never. It's sort of just kind of like this isn't. She doesn't singing in this scene, right? It's just like she crushes
0: his dreams no just the dance yeah Yeah, just the dance uh then mary comes back jack finds the worm things in his bed and he can't get comfortable uh the cabinet opens and the worm from the box is alive and tumbling and we get this claymation sequence which is very interesting it opens into a hole and we go into the mouth of the worm yeah and then we see henry reflected in the puddle which is the same puddle. I, I'd imagine there was many puddles, but this is like his favorite puddle. Right. For eraser, eraser, head. Um, Henry opens the door and the neighbor is in the dark. She's locked herself out. Mary is gone. And the neighbor asks if she can stay the oh,
1: night. I'm locked outside. <laughs> can I please stay with you tonight?
0: Uh, they make out in a bed. That's like a foggy vortex. It's very interesting. No, it's
1: like a weird. Ho- yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. It's, they're like in a hot tub pool yeah. or something in but his. it's like
0: it's like the mattress outline outside of it and then it's it's so strange and then they sink down into yeah,
1: it at, at what point does it become a is it a dream did it really happen
0: did it not happen like i i don't know because there's something that happens later on and what you've said already is kind of making me question my read of yeah. this film but um So the foggy vortex happens and then lady in the radiator sings, everything is fine, which is an interesting transition from him having this like other relationship. And then now it's like, he's happy again. Well, it's like in heaven,
1: everything is fine. So it's sort of like, you know, is the, your child will be okay. If your child is dead
0: Oh, gotcha. or something, I don't know.
1: Hey, and by the way, I think we should listen to the song in its entirety. Oh, I agree. Please. In heaven, jack appears I, lo- I
0: just love it
1: yeah it's so oh, it's, it's so wonderful
0: yeah i agree it's something that i knew about uh zola jesus did a cover of it on a compilation that's really good i mean it sounds exactly like it because why would you want to change it I... we then see the uh oh wait no so jack appears touches her hands and then there's a blinding light and she's gone we then see the window lever guy and a tree wheels itself on stage where she once was standing uh, Henry's head pops off and the worm head comes out.
1: Yeah, that was like, I see, that's the thing is I thought it, it it's like a large version of like mutated version of the baby that is right? killing him and choking the life out of him and, and yeah. taking him away,
0: basically, is what all of this is setting up for. And then the tree starts bleeding Ugh. and uh, Henry's got the like a baby head and then that head shoots into the blood and drops out onto the street where a boy finds it. And takes it to a bellboy, who pushes a buzzer, and then a bearded man comes out yelling.
1: Okay, Paul!
0: It's so weird, too, because these are, like,
1: normal characters in this movie. Like, hey there, son, I see you found a head. Which isn't disturbing to this guy in any way whatsoever. What do you got there? And the kid knew where to take it. Like, he'd found other heads. We gotta go take it to the guy that makes pencil tops.
0: Yes. Clearly. (laughs) So he leads the boy to another man who's drills into it and then uses the machine to move pencils around, which he sharpens and then tests it on paper, says it's okay, erases it, and then he swipes it with his hand. And this is one of the points that I was like, this is why David Lynch, I wish was editing even more things. This like wipe of the pencil erasing shavings that like, it's a harsh sound and then it sparkles through the. The yeah. air. It's just this it's And then later on the most iconic fight. shot of the movie is him oh, yeah. with the
1: shavings in the air yep. around him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. With with his eraser head. Okay. <laughs> uh <laughs> Henry's back in bed. Henry knocks on the neighbor's door, but nothing. When he returns, the baby's laughing at him, just mocking him, like he his his unmasculine ways are being openly mocked, so he opens the door and sees the neighbor with another man and so yes and so here's the thing so she and she looks at him
1: and sees yeah. the weird baby head and yes. so I interpret this scene as like maybe they never made love this is all in his head or whatever and the thing is is she sees him as like a dad he's a guy yeah. that has a kid and she's not interested in him she doesn't literally yeah. see like this deformed she like not interested in him or this is or this is what he thinks you know and I think this is the moment where he's like oh, I gotta uh, clearly this kid's gotta go
0: yeah <laughs> yes I think so. I think I think that's exactly pretty much what I got from it. I didn't think the kids got a go part, but I was mostly just thought, oh, because she sees him as a dad because there is a thing where once you become a dad, you're like, well, I'm the dad now. Yeah. All the dad jokes and all that stuff, number 1 dad coffee cup, like it's all true. It's all And it's funny too because
1: like in the beginning of the movie, you meet Mr. X who is like the epitome of dad jokes and Look yes. at my knees, and hey, there, boy, and you're just <laughs> like, is the meeting the embarrassing parents? And i there was a moment where I'm like, oh, I'm this guy. This is how my kids right. see me when I meet their friends. I'm that dude. Oh guy. yeah. It
0: was yeah, like that's I, a great. Point. Did I
1: tell you this? I saw Empire. Re- it was like a year ago now, but I was on a flight and I watched Empire Records. I was like, oh, I haven't seen this forever, and. I remember when it came out thinking, oh, this is great. And, you know, it wasn't the greatest movie, but it was like in that clerks kind of mall sure, right yeah, I was like, fun. oh, I was closer in age to all the kids in the movie. So everything mm-hmm. they said was so clever and funny. And now I'm like, oh, I'm the manager of that Tower Records. Right. And I'm just sick of all these fucking kids. I just <laughs> want them to go to work. And I'm so I'm like, oh, my God, I'm is it Max? Something like that. I'm that guy. That's so crazy. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, that's the weird thing, and, the, and the, why I wanted to kind of revisit Eraserhead, because I think the first time when I was 16, I don't think I, I mean, I didn't think about the allegory about being a parent or anything. I don't think it's that hidden either in the film, so it's not like you're yeah. really digging for that. Um, but as a parent now, I was like, oh yeah, I totally get it. When the when the baby is screaming all the time, and you're like, just, I wish that could stop. That doesn't end when your child's a baby. They continue to make noises their whole lives. And sometimes it can be incredibly overwhelming. And, uh, you know, so there's, there's stuff in this film for sure that I was like, yeah, I get it. Not to your level right now, Mr. Lynch, but I get it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so she sees him with the baby head, and he's sad, and he gets some scissors. And this is where it takes a turn. He cuts open the baby's mummy wrappings, and we see it's just a bunch of guts. And Henry scissors the guts. Coughs up blood and polenta erupt out of it. So much and, blood and so much yeah. polenta. Was and it polenta? It, it looks like polenta. As? It looks a lot like polenta.
1: I saw it as like, well, yeah, I'm sure it was, or like, you know, because David Lynch has a thing for cream corn. But oh, right. It wasn't that, but I like I I, I it always to me looks like like concrete, like pre you know, recently mixed con. I, obviously, they mm-hmm. weren't working with that, but it just had that look like wet concrete before it dries, kind of look, just. <laughs>
0: yeah i think i guessed polenta because he did those cooking segments did you see those cooking segments he did where he's like like quinoa is one of my favorite foods to have for dinner i'm gonna walk you through the steps on how to prepare quinoa did
1: you by the way did you
0: did you watch any of the making of stuff um, a little bit, some of it, some of it was kind of hard. The, the older stuff was,
1: well, he, there's one where he just kind of narrates and just tells stories from the making oh, of yes, it yes. and how he just fixates on like pie. And, like, yeah. and then I found the pie at the store. So I bought the same pie and I would, you're just like, Oh my God, he's talking so long about this pie. I loved it. I mean, I liked every yeah. minute of it, but you're like, he really thought about all the foods he was eating at the time and even called up. Catherine Cool said, "What foods? You
0: know, tell me about
1: the foods that right. we were
0: making. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, so crazy." And I loved in that one too, where he's like, "We had a sound room, we had a light room, we had a place where we ate called the food room." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Anyone else would say cafeteria, but no." Yeah. But it
1: was like, but it was very like, "This is the camera
0: room. This is the food
1: room." I kind of yeah. liked the
0: yeah. I love it. I just specific choices. We then see the giant sphere again. A hole explodes in it. And where do we go? Through the hole. Window Man is making sparks. Radiator Gal is there again and happy the end.
1: Yeah, now that he her, she's he's able to embrace his dreams again now that this child Baby's is dead. A, I
0: don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Geez. yeah. It's uh it's dark. But we do get that great shot, like you said, where he is lit up and then there's the pencil shavings going around, his eraser head, and uh
1: um, I do, I, you know, what's funny is I remember, so there's Jack, Jack Nance is in so many of these David Lynch movies. And of course, you know, you think of him from Twin Peaks where he's like, really like there's a fish in the percolator or even like, and he has this, he doesn't do it as much in Eraserhead as I thought I remembered him doing, where he does this look with his face. Yes. Where it's like, he's really scowling and thinking about it. And he does it in mm-hmm. Dune, this one moment when you see him in Dune, cause he's like just a creepy lackey or whatever. Like, Oh, I'm looking at this weird stuff happening. And you, he's got this, like his character is a guy trying to figure something out. And what's really weird around this time. I, I won't talk about this too long, but we had, you and I shared a drama teacher Yes. Who whenever he tried to explain acting to us, he would do that same face where he would like focus like on the ball and like he would scowl and do this and weird look. And I always associated it with Jack Nance. And I won't talk about our drama teacher too much because you know he turned out to be a pedophile and all that kind of stuff. And... Yeah. Should I probably cut yes. should I probably cut that part
0: <laughs> I don't know. He was a he was a pedophile. Yeah, um, so crazy, and it man. is unfortunate. Well it's weird because... too,
1: because I have so much of my twin david lynch man twin peaks wild at heart all of this stuff was really firing around that time that we were drama students yeah it's all weirdly tied together for me and um and he's such a weird part of it at that time that's weird
0: well and we we don't know what he was doing then um we could only speculate if if the things were happening there it was my understanding that there was a crazy crazy pretty significant bout Of alcoholism that I think probably impaired some things and and set some things in an unfortunate path because when I was there, at that hellhole of a school, uh, the safest place was the theater department, and so that's where all these people that I think were unique were didn't fit into the rest of the thing. That was the safe haven, right? And so that was the place. And I you know I mentioned this in the I think the first episode we did together, but like you and. Two of your friends doing a one-act play that forced me to get up and announce intermission made it so that I realized I wasn't scared of someone looking at me, and, and, and so suddenly and it was, I could.
1: We had we had you dress as Elvis because we had just watched yeah dead Wild Elvis, Heart and
0: so yeah, crazy yeah. And so, any final thoughts on
1: Eraserhead? No, I mean I think we did a good job of just kind of. Well, it's funny when you think about it; it's like it's really six scenes. Yeah, Uh, held together by just a lot of walking and looking at stuff but um no man the sound design is so great it's one of these movies where it's like if you ever thought about seeing it you should do it just once you know and david lynch is always like turn it up a little bit louder watch it in a darkened room um i watched half of this when we rewatched it like on my phone with like noise canceling headphones but it was in the dark so like the screen really was like in front of my eyes so it was i think it's a lot you know people like that's a small screen you're watching on like now when it's this close to my face this is like being the front row a movie theater so
0: yeah and with headphones these days like i mean i've surround sound and it's it's intense like i'll be watching something like a horror film or something and i'm like meh this is whatever and then you plug the headphones in and it's it's loud and suddenly it completely changes your viewing experience so i bet you know eraser head touted as one of the great midnight movies i'm sure is beautiful on a big screen i sadly haven't seen it that way but before we move on i have to say as a big twin peaks fan who are there any characters you have not yet met
1: oh no i haven't met a lot of them just because there wasn't a lot of yeah because it's like they don't always fit into the um the same conventions that i would go Got to it. like for comics and stuff they have like everything's kind of melded together in the last couple years but this was the year i was going to like find cross everyone off the list because i was going to go yes. to the twin peaks 30th anniversary thing at graceland and i it was like a few weeks away from going and i'm like i'm pretty sure this is going to get canceled and i even like emailed the hotel like aren't you you're going to cancel this for covid right they're like no we have no plans and i was like I canceled my hotel room and flight yeah. know, before it got too late. And of course it got rescheduled. I think it got rescheduled again or canceled. I'm not sure. So
0: I um, can't imagine any convention ever happening now. No, I know it's weird, uh, but you know, but talk about meeting. So
1: the only person that is, so Catherine Coulson, who was like, one of the big driving forces of Eraserhead, you know, she like made them dinner and she worked a she, you know, she's the log lady from Twin Peaks, but she was also yeah. married to Jack Nance, I think around the time or somewhere around there. And, um, mm. she was like the assistant camera director and she just did, she like was instrumental part in this movie. And I did have, I lived in Ashland, Oregon where she lived and I saw her all the time.
0: That's and awesome. I would
1: always say hi to her. She signed stuff for me. I have a little picture she drew of her log that has like, Hey jail. Um, I, one time I, I stayed in the dorms over the summer. And so a lot of people went to the Oregon Shakespeare festival where she worked and she was also in shows and they would say jail says hi or from the, you know, whatever. And she would like, Oh, it's, give him this photo. And so I would see her sometimes on the street be like, Catherine Colson. And I always thought, <laughs> what's funny was is I always at the time thought like she was this big star that probably got sick of it. And then I realized, Oh, I'm just really obsessed with these things. Right. And then I'm like one of a few weird people that just is always saying hi to her. So I thought, so it was kind of, I'm like, maybe that's why she remembers me a little bit. um, And so it was cool. And then uh, finally on my like night of graduation, it was like the final party and, she was walking up the street, and I'm like, "Oh, she lives Whoa. like three houses from my friend." I didn't realize. I'm like, "Catherine Golson, can I get a photo?" And she's like, "Sure," <laughs> and took a photo. I'm holding the Red Solo cup, and yeah, it was great. But uh, that's so cool. But she always took a moment to talk,
0: um, and it was it was really nice. In the return, I think it was so beautiful to see her um, that they could get her in there. Um, she, I think, she passed shortly after they shot that, but yeah. it was really an emotional for those of us that have watched and lived in this for so long um it was it, that was well
1: that was the return was rough too because you're like Miguel Ferrer there was like four, yeah four people maybe five from the cast who were like they all passed since the thing was shot
0: yeah which gave it like a really kind of heavy feel for us like it was you know emotional because you're going back into this world for 18 hours sort of but um but then there is so many people that had passed. Yeah, it's very... It is funny, though. I would say
1: if you're into David Lynch stuff, you already know all of this, but, like, I, I'm about to do my Great Twin... It's really weird because the Great Twin Peaks rewatch is a lot... I think I've never really included the return in it, and I'm going yeah. to now, I think. Whoa. Uh, I'm not going to start it, like, on, you know, in February or whatever like I usually do. I'll probably start it a little earlier. But, um, but it definitely... I have this newfound... Sort of like I want to go back and connect the dots with stuff that was explored mm-hmm. in *The Return* and see how it connects to other things. And
0: yeah, well, I think you know he clearly minds things and has repeated motifs that pop up in in his films. So I'm sure that there's connective tissue in there. Yeah. I uh, as, since you were talking about meeting people, Sarah used to see the one arm man all the time because he lived over in the Goose Hollow area. Oh, I
1: didn't know that.
0: Yeah yep she'd see him riding a bike around I'm riding my bike
1: yes exactly around (laughs) Mm -hmm. I assume everyone in these David Lynch
0: movies talks like their characters do (laughs) yes (laughs) that's why he casts them. he just waits for the conversation where he's like well that's unnerving well that
1: was when he he cut in Eraserhead like almost every single person he like yes you are perfect for the part
0: like, don't you yeah. want to meet anyone else? I feel bad, but you're exactly who I want. Isn't that how he got Kyle McLaughlin for Twin Peaks? Like, they had a conversation, and, and then he's like, come to my hotel room, and they talked for a little bit, and he's like, you're the guy. I don't know, but I would, I believe it. Yeah, yeah, it just seemed like that was, what a lucky move for Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah. Um, Which brings, it brings us to the final questions. Oh! Yeah. I totally didn't think about me doing these questions. Yeah, here they are yeah are you gonna stop listening like usually <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna like let it
1: go on autopilot and just you're like
0: it. i don't have to edit this uh oh. In case anyone missed it, uh, JL is the producer-editor of this podcast, so that's why we keep talking about it. So what happens is, is this
1: things. is when I don't have to splice in movie clips anymore, and unless yeah. Dirk
0: tells me, like,
1: oh, I farted it 45 minutes in or whatever. All I the time, I usually do. No, yeah. that, that, um, that I'll sometimes... <laughs> so I keep track of time. Because I'll edit this, like, sometimes really late at night, so I'll just <laughs> blah, 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 skip through and then just yeah. kind of trim off the end if I remember, you know, and then... Uh, because there's no more clips to put in, and then I'll listen right. to it later when I listen to the episode which yeah. sometimes
0: has not proven to be a good idea. I try to listen to it <laughs> uh, Are there any misconceptions about being a dad?
1: No, I mean, I think this movie is one of those things where it's sort of like yeah. being a dad is terrible and your life is over and you've, your dreams right. are dead and all that. No, and I think there are people that look at it like that.
0: Um, oh my gosh, there are. <laughs> when we had a, a birthing class before pre-baby, there was people where you're like, what do you excited about with the baby and the woman would every time i'm not being like genderist or whatever she would have some answer that's beautiful and then the guy would be like i guess i can walk down the toy aisle and you're like whoa that's not the right reason right
1: it's so you know it's you know it's weird too is when you're a new parent i'm sure you've you've hit this in the last couple years you know you'll have other people with kids and you'll take notes but it's it's really when you have to talk to the parents of, yeah. of like the kids in public school when you realize how vastly different all of parenting styles are and how different yes. everyone is and how much you don't like talking to the other parents and just. Yes. But like, you know, and there's somewhere a great example. There was this one parent that sticks out to me where I always see Facebook posts and it's just like. I don't think, you know, it's just like, oh, these kids ruining my life, you know, is yeah, sort of yeah. the tone of it. And I'm like,
0: oh, it's so crazy to me. Um, yeah. Where it's like, it's not a joke. It's just a confession that they're miserable. Right. right. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: No, I, yeah. So I think that's, I mean, your life's not over.
0: Right. What was the question again? Oh, what's the yeah, misconceptions? Just co- misconceptions? But I think that's a big one, especially in the, in the scope of this film.
1: I mean, I think like anything, it's just showing up.
0: You know, yeah, and
1: putting in the work, yeah, that's a great great way to put it.
0: What's a good day like for you as a dad? Oh, uh, um, you know,
1: it's well, it's so funny. To, I don't know, like a good day is you know, everyone's still alive at the end of the day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you know, I think it's not as much like kids, it's more like parenting fails. Like, there's mm-hmm. this one time where. My daughter had a friend over and they were my she was being such a jerk and just like he and then the kid was and whatever, all this stuff. And I remember they my son has one of those like um Hoberman spheres where it's like a little it's like a ball that's like, all. oh, connected. that's what that's called. Yeah. And you like li- and it expands it gets out real big Yeah, you can put yeah. your head in it and whatever. And he loved this thing. We got it at OMSI, the museum, and she was playing with it or something. And I remember I got so mad at her that I grabbed it and just ripped it in half. Like, like, well, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and just to make prove a point. And the moment I did it, I look over at my son and he just was like,
0: Oh, and I no. realized
1: this is his toy. This has nothing to do with. Her. And he just was like, tears walled up in his eyes and he ran out of the room. And I was like, the other two were like, oh, we're sorry. We'll never do this again. We're fine. And I was like, first of all, I was probably a little more scary than I should have been. Like, I was just so mad. And yeah. then I had to run off and, like, I'm so sorry, son. And, uh, and I just felt like so bad. I mean, I went on Amazon and bought one 10 times larger. And had it like, <laughs> next day delivery. Right. And, and you know, it's fine. But I just remember, like, oh, that's a, that was a bad day as a parent yeah it wasn't it was you know funny thing was is it was a great day up until that one
0: moment where one moment no that's the thing is it's like like i said earlier about time uh, i didn't get to what i was going to say about that but it's just like it can feel like once one minute can feel like a year of your life as a parent and then also years of your life are like gone in minutes it's like the weirdest slippery slope. Like yeah. I, at your house, you do these lovely picture books every year. No,
1: I've, I've fallen behind in
0: recent. Okay. Years. Well you used to. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> and It's a sore subject in the Watkins. Oh, sorry. I it out. Um, but you know, it's so hard to even keep up on that. Just the documenting of like something. And now there's like, I'm like, what do we do every day? I don't even know anymore, but yeah. like, and then the same thing is said with our emotions. Like I can be totally fine. And then like, my daughter will be doing something. And then I just not in a good headspace, And I'm like, I don't even know if I've given her ample opportunity to know that she's even agitating me in a way. And I'm just like, okay, well, th- that's it. You know? And and they're just like, wait, what? And you're like, you look back on it and you're like, okay, I don't think I was on my best in that moment. You know, yeah. like how do I make it? So I don't do that again. You know, it's, and it's tone and it's, you know, stuff like that or, you know, hitting a table or whatever it is that you're just like, was that necessary? I don't know.
1: It's just, I think I like how we've mixed our good on our bad together, I guess a little bit.
0: Well, it's all, it all is that yeah. way. I feel well, like, you know, now,
1: everyone trapped in the same house all day and it's, like, Oh yeah. How do you make it special and not, you know, I realize my kids are always like attached to us. It's because they, they got no one else to hang out with. We're there in our right. house. We're their best friends, you know? And so there's a little bit of that. Um, no I think my personal motto though is um, leave room for magic
0: I -hmm. try to like
1: leave room for like when you're out somewhere or in the day or when you're making a school project or Mm -hmm. I'm editing something at work I leave a little room for magic Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think I just try to do that and you know whether it's going hey kids we're going to get a slurpee or you just kind of like add a little extra something to something or a moment or whatever I don't know
0: well, in talking about dads and magic, I've been doing the pull candy out of the kid's <laughs> ear thing, and it's still, I have got miles and miles out of it. She's like, I know it's a trick. I don't know how long you've had this candy or stick of gum on you. I'm like, well, it's just a moment, and when I do it, you light up, so that's what we're doing. We're yeah. just creating a moment in this time where you're like, oh my gosh, this is so nice that you thought of me, you know? It's like, that's a great one, a little magic. Uh, the next question is a bad day. I think we covered that already.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, you take the good, <laughs> you take the
0: bad. Yeah. You take them both a racer head. That's how it goes. I think what is your favorite thing about being a dad? Oh
1: man. I mean, there's so much I do. I just like, um, at the end of the day, just enabling these little people to kind of be who they're going to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, obviously when they're like i love you dad or hang out like the other day uh you know my son was just like we were upstairs and we played animal crossing all of our switches together and played and we're all laughing and it's a game you can't really like play competitively together or whatever it is you just kind of like run around the same island but you know we would just make jokes and whatever and then i kept playing my son went down and got you know started playing another game and i remember he just said it was like like, are you okay and he's like i just this is just so great i love hanging out with my
0: dad Oh. and you're like oh yeah <laughs> like the well because <laughs> you know yeah. well, also like you know it's not always going to be that yeah like that's something i always remind myself like like bedtime has always been something my wife does with our daughter it's what's what my daughter prefers uh but i get bath time that mm-hmm. has an end cap there is a time yeah, when she'll yeah. not want that to be the thing. Right. And yeah. and uh, you know, and we just play LOL dolls, it's just it's fine, but um but I just like so thankful every time, you know, cuz it's even changed. Like I used to wash her hair. I would cradle her little head in my hand and like rinse her hair with my other hand and it was this very sweet parental moment. Now she washes her own hair and I'm like Uh, all right like you know it's like you just have these beautiful moments and you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna put this in the records like you know yeah i
1: mean you have to remember that i mean even it's like oh you know you know our son keeps crawling into our bed or whatever you're like it's going to end eventually yeah and um someday you're gonna be like oh i miss that and so you just got to you know you just gotta you know that it's it's ending
0: yeah and And i think like you said Yeah, you said being present. I think is a key. That's a key piece, so that you can record those moments and think about them. Uh, do you have any advice to future dads? No,
1: I mean I think I you know molded a lot of that into here, but uh, to future dads,
0: <laughs> which is our new new podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. launching.
1: <laughs> future dads from the future, fighting robots and living their lives without the oh, wives. Man. Oh no. <laughs> something something there's more to that i didn't mean to end exactly at that point
0: Uh, Um, that's good we'll get dmx crew to record it oh man that'd be great
1: um no you know it's i think i've kind of weaved in the same advice but
0: yeah yeah. you already knew like all these i feel like you're just moving the questions along through you're like i know this is next so i'm just going to transition to the next question but that brings us to the final question and it's my favorite question and you already know what it is what are my what are your dreams like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know,
1: um, well, they're not like parent-related dreams. You know, what's, what is really weird is I don't have dreams with my kids in them. Oh, my gosh. I
0: don't know if I do either.
1: I It's every once in a while there will be something. But for the most part, they're pretty selfish dreams. No, it's very weird. Like my most recent one, and I have dreams where, like, I will – the dreams wake me up. Like I don't have, like – Oh, no, yeah. I, you know, they're stress dreams, and I wake up, and then I'm up, like, at 5 a.m., but either, you know, I'm like one of these people that, like, when I lay down, I go to sleep and mm-hmm. then I'm up. Like, I don't because I probably stay up so late that I'm so tired that I just go to yeah, sleep. Same I lay down. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, we don't hit. RU so I just I blackout sleep. Um, yes. So there's that. But, like, no, my my dream the other night is I lived in some weird dystopia where, you know, we all, everyone lay, lay slept on cots and it was all grimy and dark and we worked in the factory. But also I was secretly a werewolf and mauled some people. And then Uh-oh. somebody found out and they were okay with it. And then I woke up cause I was like something weird anyway, but no, I had, or like, you know, I had just weird people from work were in my dreams. I have weird work, stress dreams a lot or travel mm-hmm. stress dreams. So it's so like, all editing the, and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, a lot of them are, tr- were travel ones for a long time where it's like, I'm trying to get across the airport to the gate, but somehow I can't, I'm, I'm walking so slow and no matter how hard I try to walk, I'm never going to get to the plane.
0: Yeah. The, the good thing about being secretly a werewolf is I think that's uh, all werewolves because you're only a werewolf 12, 12 nights out of the year. Right. <laughs> There's only 12 full moons. So then the rest of the time, you're just secretly a werewolf.
1: Well, I, you know, it's funny, too, because I think I only was a werewolf in the last like five minutes
0: of the dream. And then, <laughs> like, you were, yeah. like you're editing it in your head and you're like, something's going well, to happen. Because <laughs> somebody was like,
1: that explains why he was so different. And then it was like, oh, yes, I am. And then I woke up because I was going to get caught or something. I'm not sure. So, no, my dreams aren't – they're not scary. They're just like – there are a lot of like, oh, I'm on a skyscraper. Wouldn't it be terrible if I fell to my death? And I'm like, oh, I just fell to my death. You know, I just woke up. So those are like the – and that's how it is. But, yeah.
0: Well, JL, thank you for being here. Uh, Thanks for producing the podcast. And thank you all for listening to VHS. I'll see you next time when we talk about a different movie. Oh, this is from an old episode. So I'll just say, uh, thanks for listening.
1: Thanks for having me. (laughs) Sorry.